This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. Talk of Fame Network, sponsored by GEICO, where just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. More details, go to GEICO.com. You know what? You probably should have gone 15 minutes ago. Our first guest is no stranger to the show. Mike Pereira is a longtime friend. We used to call for answers when he was the NFL's head of officiating. But then he went to L.A., joined Fox, became a TV star, and now is an author whose book, after further review, Inside the Infamous, Controversial, and Unforgettable Calls that Changed the NFL, is in your neighborhood store. Mike, nice to have you back. It's always good to be with you guys. Especially the goose, a guy named Borges, anytime. anytime. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Goodbye. Hey, Mike, let's first plug this book. You talk about the infamous, the controversial, and unforgettable calls. Where does the tuck rule rank? Because it happened on your your watch. Well, I mean, I've been waiting for at least one, one New England Patriots Super Bowl ring, for God's sake. You know, with, <laughs> without that call, that turned, that maybe turned their whole, uh, their, their whole career around or their legacy around for god's sake but you know obviously that's one of the biggest ones because it was the tuck rule it was in the book it was reversed correctly but i think everybody agrees including me it was a bad rule yet it took what 12 years to get it changed something yeah. like that uh, you know it's um it was one of those nonsensical rules that the league had had in for a long time that uh that uh, certainly didn't go over well in Oakland, that's for sure. Hey, Mike, that ring, they sent it to Ron Borges. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> and I'll get it right to you. Mike, you've gotten a lot yeah, of attention yeah. for mentioning that Goodell once shoved you. First off, yeah. are you surprised by the reaction? What the heck happened? <laughs> well, I mean, I was surprised, but, I mean, this is not like it was an attack, like I was assaulted. It was, uh, you know, it was it was a disagreement. It was a, you know, it was a... You know, me strongly defending an official that I didn't think needed to be suspended, and he felt that, you know, the official did need to suspend it. He was, he was taking a lot of heat from Cleveland on the, you know, the Bottlegate thing, on the incomplete pass that people thought never should have been reversed because they thought the buzz came after the quarterback spike. You know, I don't know when it happened. There was no way to prove it, but I wasn't going to suspend him. He was getting heat from Cleveland. He got frustrated, I think, because I wouldn't give in, and I got the old... It was really a shove to shove me out of the hallway into my office. It missed the door, unfortunately, and I hit the wall. But, uh, you know, I, I think he looked at me at that point and walked, and I looked at him, and then that kind of ended the thing. I think we were both a little bit surprised. But, you know, I wish I wouldn't have put it in there now because I wouldn't want that to be the focus of the book. And he's not a guy that goes around the office pushing people. But he was passionate, and he's frustrated. And uh, he likes to get his way, and I think that's still relevant today. And um, he just wasn't getting it that day. If you don't want that in the book, you don't know how to sell books, my friend. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's a- I know. I, I, I know. You're right. I did, I did say when I wrote it, and uh, I, you know, I said, gee, should we, should we put that in the book? And, and uh, of course, the publisher said, of course you put that in the book. And then, <laughs> and then, I, and then I sent it off to some friends, and I said, you, you, does this sound too harsh? And they said, no, it's not. You know, that, I said, well, I don't want my book to all be about Roger Goodell pushing me. And uh, they said, no, 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 you don't. You don't. Well, that's, that's what it almost turned out to be. But you're right. I mean, I think, the, I think there have been some pretty good sales because of that. Of course, I'm not allowed to. 
I'm not allowed in 345 Park Avenue anymore. Um, <laughs> that, know, well, I want, that's all right. I think, I think I was about locked out of there anyway. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that, uh, about two things, sort of how difficult it was to write it, and, and how do you think it's, it's going to or already has affected your relationship with, you know, some guys inside the office, maybe even some officials? Well, I don't think it. I think the officials probably all stood up and applauded. Um, you know, I, I look, I, I don't I don't really care how it affected my relationship in 345 Park Avenue. I mean, I don't spend any time in there. You know, there's been so much turnover in there that, you know, that, uh, heck, I, I, you know, I, I guess that was the least of um the least of my concerns. I wasn't really getting anything from him anyway. So uh, I'm not a guy that called Blandino to try to find information about things. It's just not my nature. So, you know, if, if they're going to take it to like be something that's, you know, they're going to be mad at me about, I think, I think really in the bigger picture, don't, doesn't Roger and, and those guys have some bigger fish to fry than me, um, which is probably why, by the way, I haven't heard from them. Welcome to our world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're speaking to Fox officiating analyst and now, now author Mike Pereira, whose book, after further review, Inside the Infamous, Controversial, and Unforgettable Calls that Changed the NFL, is now available. And Mike, there's been a lot of criticism of the officiating in the wake of that Carolina Denver game, the, the season opener, with the Panthers charging that Denver went headhunting and that that wasn't called properly. Do they have a complaint? Oh my gosh, certainly. Um, you, you know, I, I think that. That was really a black mark for the league starting out on their first day on Thursday, you know, to have those hits. Now, one was called, the other one that was really blatant was it. But to me, the biggest thing is, you know, they went again there, they went against their express message. And that was that they were going to protect a player who appeared to be or had any chance of being concussed. And, you know, the hit on Cam Newton, you know, there's 36 seconds to go in the game. But I firmly believe that in any other time, and that time included, but in any other time, they'd have marched into the sideline and taken them out for a play. And I do think that that has the league a bit embarrassed uh, because every piece of video that they have sent out, um, including me, to send out to me, they talk about those hits and how the referees are going to, if they say any possible sign, if the player's on the ground for any length of time or stumbles or you know, gives facial express anything there to take them out of the game. And if they don't, then they're after their certified athletic trainer who's upstairs, then he has the ability to buzz down to the referee and say, get him off the field. Well, Cam Newton clearly had that possibility of being concussed, both based on the, um, the severity of the hit and then the fact he was on the ground, turned over on his hands and knees, Greg Olson standing over him. And so the question comes in the minds of everybody, including me, uh, because there's 36 seconds left and Carolina's behind, are you going to leave them in the game? So does the time trump the player's safety? And I really don't think it does. I just think it was a massive screw-up. And, um, and, and, you know, the league can say that the independent doctors on the sideline had time during the officials enforcing offsetting fouls to order down the video, to look at the video, and not see signs of him being possibly concussed. I don't buy it. I think it was, uh, I think it was poorly handled, and I think internally there's going to be some, uh, some, uh, some really unhappy uh, conversations that go on. Hey, Mike, we got about a minute here. If you had to make one rule change, what would it be? Well, it, it would be the same thing I've always really hated, and that's pass interference. Um, you know, there was a play the other night in a totally insignificant 
horrible performance by the L.A. Rams, and there was a 60-yard pass interference or 55-yard pass interference that was really a close play. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't buy penalty yardage being in chunks of 40 to 50 yards, and I sat in my office in New York too many times when a guy would call pass interference 40 yards down the field, and it'd be wrong. So you're dealing with a 40-yard mistake. It's the hardest call on the field to make because everybody's moving, and you have so many things to factor in, yet it carries the most punitive uh, penalty yards. And I, I tried to get the competition committee to uh, consider making it the college rule, maximum 15, and they all said to me, you'll take away the deep vertical game. And I'd say, what, the passing game? And I said, what do you – Will you watch college football, for God's sake? I mean, <laughs> if a guy's close enough to commit pass interference, he's going to try to make a play in the ball. As always, Mike, many, many thanks. And you know what? Best of luck chasing that bullet, sir. Thanks, Mike, right, as always. Mike. See you. That was former NFL Vice President of Officiating Mike Pereira, now with Fox Sports and now an author. Up next, Len Barney. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network.